The scripture this morning is from the 16th chapter of Matthew. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Sharon. Have you ever settled into your airplane seat, ready to relax with a good book when your seatmate tries to chat you up? They clearly want to talk. Where are you from? Where are you headed? What do you do for a living? At this point, as a pastor, I usually have a moment of internal soul-searching. Am I specific, knowing that, my t that telling someone I'm a pastor opens me up to a deep discussion about my faith with a stranger? Or am I honest but elusive so that I can get back to my me time? Once, for example, I answered by saying, I help manage a nonprofit. <laughs> That's truthful, right? I found that it was just enough information to be polite, but not too much information to invite further questions, and I was off to the races with my book. Even as a pastor, I have to tell you I have a difficult time answering the question that Jesus poses to Peter, who do you say that I am? I wonder how answering that question might feel to you. What would you say today? What would you have said last month or last year or five or ten years ago? Has your answer changed? It's a hard question to answer. I think in part that's because it's hard to pin Jesus down. He evades the terms that we can all understand like judge, like moral teacher, like ethicist, social worker, activist, or physician. He's all of those things and so much more. And talking about Jesus always invites more and more discussion and more and more questions. I think God invites us today to take that journey of discovery 
personally and in our relationships with others. In this season of ordinary time, Jesus himself, along with his disciples, have been on this same kind of continual journey. Have you noticed this summer how they are always in motion? They're urgently making their way to somewhere new, to places where they haven't even been sought. They're showing up for people who haven't even asked them, asked to meet them in the first place. Take our story this morning, even though it has no proximity to where they will be going next, Jesus and his disciples are visiting a Roman city about 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee, Caesarea Philippi. This is a city named after two famous Roman conquerors, a city known in and around Jesus' time for its architectural prowess, its riches and excesses, and even its oppression and exploitation of the Jewish people. It's an imperial power. This city was also the site of a series of ancient shrines to Pan, the Greek god of nature and the mountain wilds, the mountain wilderness. Geography is always important to the story, and it's in this melting pot of empire and pagan gods and relics that Jesus asks his disciples, who do others say that I am? And then pressing further, he asked Peter, who has been up until this point the A student of the bunch, but who do you say that I am? This is the question of our time, too. In this world of competing allegiances and motivations, priorities and idols, it's not enough to answer with what others say, what your denomination says about Jesus, or what your church says about Jesus, or even what your pastor says about Jesus, because Jesus wants to hear from you. The disciples look to other people's theologies and interpretations to answer the question. They say he seems a lot like John the Baptist or Elijah or Jeremiah. Only Peter, touched by the Holy Spirit, seems to get it right when he says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. His right answer doesn't last for long, though. Soon enough, next week, in fact, Pastor Beth will be preaching on this, Peter will rebuke Jesus for revealing how he will die and be raised again. And we all remember that on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he was denied by Peter, not one, not two, but three times. So Peter, Peter is the fallible human to which Jesus gives the keys to his church. It gives us all hope, right? Peter got it right in this time and in this place, but his understanding in that moment was a gift, a pure gift from the Spirit. And there would be so much more to learn and experience as time went on. 
We try to know the Jesus that we worship, this Jew from Nazareth, who lived ever so briefly, died violently, and returned unexpectedly. We try, we fail, we get it right, and then we fail again. But Jesus is not so much a mystery to be solved once and for all. He's a journey into relationship, a journey that allows for many perfectly fine on-ramps and rest stops and circuitous routes that don't make much sense if you're trying to get someplace as quickly as possible. As I'm fond of telling my confirmation students here at Mount Olivet, if you have even one question about faith, there's no better place to start. You are already on the journey. Let your questions live and breathe and arise naturally because it's going to take some time. Like I said earlier, geography is important. One of the distinctive physical characteristics of Caesarea Philippi is that it was the site of this ancient spring that flowed from the rock and was this uh, significant tributary to the Jordan River, which was the most important source of water where the Israelites lived. And that's why, as Sharon read our story this morning, I imagine Jesus and his disciples standing on a rocky terrace of a cliff, treated to a sweeping view of the Jordan River Valley below, its deep, verdant greens. I wonder if they heard water rushing down into the valley, feeding the river and all that lived and breathed and grew below. I'm reminded that it was in this extraordinary place that Peter knew, at least in that instant, his truth, that God was alive with life, with shades of green, with the rush of water, with fertile soil, movement, and being, and that in the man called Jesus, Jesus, whose body was turned toward him, asking him a question. In that man, he could see as much of the whole truth about God that he would ever be able to see. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asks each of us. He wants to know. He is turned toward you and wants to talk. Let's all of us keep the conversation going. Amen.